From the Gospel according to John. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. John 14, 1-14 The Word of God for the people of God Well, what we have here in this passage is one of the central themes in the Gospel of John. It's a theme that runs throughout his entire story from the beginning to the end of who Jesus is and how Jesus is revealing the heart of the Father. And so this is a dense passage with a lot packed in, so we'll just be scratching the surface this morning. So as we come and take a deeper look at this text, would you pray with me? Jesus, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. Would you speak through me or despite me and always through your word this morning? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, John chapter 14 is a passage that begins very serenely if we just start at the beginning of chapter 14. But if you go back to chapter 13, we'll see that Jesus had just given the disciples some, some really hard news. Chapter 13 starts off when Jesus washes his disciples' feet, but then he tells them that one of the twelve, one of them right in that room, with Jesus, is going to betray him. And then on top of that, Jesus tells Peter that Peter is going to deny three times that he even knows Jesus. And so he's shaken these disciples up. We understand that they uh, have been shaken up. They're, they're a little bit disturbed. And so Jesus says to them, and he pivots when he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. This is an incredible statement 
by Jesus to say that they need to trust in God, but also put equal trust in him. Telling his disciples to put their trust in God and put their trust in Jesus is a big deal. This is the flow of the entire book of John. From in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, to now. Jesus is revealing what God the Father is like. He's revealing the the heart of God. He's revealing the character of God. We see what God is like in Jesus. And so he says in response to, to Philip's request to see the Father, he says, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And then Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, saying, If you want to see the Father, look at me. And so what Jesus is conveying here, what John wants to highlight for the community of Jesus' followers that he is writing to, is that their central belief is that Jesus is God. You know, John's version of the gospel is a theologically dense story. In the first century after Jesus, the church started to wrestle with theological debates. And one of those debates that they wrestled with was the nature of who Jesus was. Was Jesus fully God? Was he fully human? Was was he someone who was completely God and just appeared to be human? Was he just a human who was kind of uniquely chosen by God? And into this debate, the Gospel of John speaks powerfully that Jesus is both completely God and completely human. I don't understand completely how that works, but I trust that this is what John is revealing. This is what John is talking about, and so I think that's important for us. John talks about Jesus being God in the flesh. The word that we get from that is incarnation, God with meat on. And so what Jesus is sharing with his disciples here is that God has a plan. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Of course, the emphasis here is not on exactly what the building looks like, isn't on the nature of the dwelling. What Jesus is emphasizing here is who are we dwelling with? That we are dwelling with God. We are abiding with God. We are invited to abide with God as God wants to abide with us, to stay with us. And Jesus is preparing that. Jesus is making that possible for us to abide with God and God to be in relationship and to abide with us. Thomas, of course, responds, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus says the words that are kind of seared into each of our memories when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, none of you comes to the Father except through me. This is a core statement of belief for the church. We believe Father God, who the people of Israel knew as Yahweh, is shown in Jesus, the incarnate Word of God. 
if you were to look up in a dictionary what the definition of God is, from a Christian perspective, you would see, see Jesus. It was a confessional statement. This is what the church believes. This statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me, wasn't intended to be used as a weapon in order to say, I'm right, I have the truth, and you're wrong. Often folks have pointed their fingers at others and have said, none of you will come to the Father. What Jesus is saying, he's looking at his own disciples, those that have been following him, and says, if you want to really come and know what the Father is like, you need to come through me. I don't believe John meant it to exclude others. It was a statement of fact that the church believes. And I think it reflects an invitational nature, that if you want to see what the Creator God king of the universe, who brought everything into existence, the Alpha and Omega. If you want to know what this God is like, if you want to abide in God, you want to be in relationship with God, then Jesus is the way to realize that. You know, one commentator uh, puts it like this. The coming of Jesus, the Word made flesh, decisively altered the relationship between God and humanity. The event of God taking on flesh as Jesus living, walking among us, teaching, dying for our sins, being raised to new life. This event, this relationship, this person makes a huge difference in the life of the world. This is incredible news for us. That the holy other God of the universe loves beyond measure and seeks to be at peace with us. The creator God wants to restore relationship with his creation, with all of his creation, especially with that part of his creation that bears the image of the creator, that bears the image of God, that is God's icons. God wants to abide with us, and I don't care exactly what the house looks like. To be with God, to be in relationship with Jesus is incredible. And I imagine that one day when we're able to have that completed relationship, it will just be amazing. And Jesus is living out the definition of God as the way, He is the truth, He is the life worth living. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's not a system of do's and don'ts that is the way to God. It's not about a religious system just to make God happy, but it is a relationship with a living, breathing God with a living, breathing person in Jesus who walked among us. You know, one of the parts that really blows me away in this passage is towards the end of the passage. When Jesus says to his followers that they will do greater works than these, greater works than what Jesus had done. And I think, how is that possible? 
Because Jesus does some pretty amazing things. Jesus is God. He, he heals people. He raises people to life after they've died. Uh, he himself has been raised to new life. So how can the followers of Jesus do greater things? We know Jesus is living this story out. And at this point in, in John's story, Jesus knows that his hour has come. He knows that he will be arrested and tried and crucified. He knows that he will be raised to life again. But you and I know how this story ends. You and I get to proclaim and live out this story in its fullness. And so Jesus has given us the responsibility and the blessing to continue to do some pretty great and wonderful things for the kingdom, to continue to proclaim Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. So I think that this is a pretty awesome thing that God wants to use us to continue to build the kingdom. Something we get to proclaim and share. It's wonderful that the kingdom has been inaugurated and we can join with God in God's mission for the world. God's will on earth as it is in heaven. And you know, Jesus is helping to equip his followers for mission. He says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. God has a plan. He's going and making things ready for us to come and be with God as God wants to be with us. And that's through Jesus the Christ. He's letting these disciples know there's a plan. And yet Thomas and Philip still have a lot of questions about how exactly that's going to work. And I really identify with Thomas and Philip, especially during this time. I believe God has a plan, but, you know, I would love to know more about how exactly that's going to work itself out. And so it's into this kind of situation that Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I still have greater things for you to be a part of. I hope that brings you comfort, peace, and hope, even during this time. God does have a plan, and that plan we see in Jesus the Christ. I don't know exactly what our future holds, but I trust that God wants to continue to use his church, that if we ask in God's name, for the resources to continue to build the kingdom. If we ask Jesus for the strength and the, the wisdom and the power to continue to build his kingdom, I trust that Jesus will give us those things so that we can do these great works that God has prepared for us.